You're listening to Acts of Impact, the show where we interview those who are making a positive difference in the world around us. I'm your host, Nicholas Hill, and today's guest is Kenneth Aroma. Ken is an alumnus of the Teach for Uganda Fellowship, during which, in his final year, he co-founded EduBall, a community-based organization that uses the game of football to improve educational outcomes for children in Uganda. We'll talk about the challenges these children face when it comes to literacy and staying in school, how football teaches crucial skills for success, and how EduBall has brought together students, parents, and the communities at large. Let's get started. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Nick, for inviting me to the show. I'm so excited about sharing today. I wonder, Ken, if you can help our listeners to understand kind of what are the challenges that are being faced in Uganda right now when it comes to student participation, student attendance? What are the things that that you were seeing that you wanted to, to change? In Uganda, there have been uh, great efforts to make education accessible for all children. And uh, today, more children attend school than ever before. However, there is also a big gap between the children in rural and urban communities with children in rural communities showing lower educational outcomes. And uh, such outcomes build on, on issues such as the high school irregularity, the high school dropouts. And in these rural communities, 70% of the children drop out before finishing their seven-year primary school cycle and these are the challenges I faced firsthand when I joined the Teach for Uganda Fellowship in, in 2019. Uh, within my first three months, 16 out of 33 of my learners dropped out while I was there. And these students leave school and get trapped in child labor, child marriages, and eventually get stuck in poverty and unable to solve the various community challenges. And uh, these are the challenges faced across various rural communities in Uganda today. You say that even though the the country is doing a lot and, and there's been a lot of improvements, there are still challenges with student dropout rates. You said about 70% of children dropping out. Um, and you said that you personally saw about 16 of, of your 33 children drop out. I mean, how does that make you feel? You know, you're in the teaching profession, I would imagine that's that's pretty downheartening. It's, it's really downheartening, especially with uh, after all the effort. And then there are other circumstances that you might have no control over and feel helpless as a teacher. Absolutely. So you mentioned that also the impact of this is huge. You know, people that are, are dropping out, their outcomes in life are are tricky at best. And you mentioned things like child labor and, you know, all of these outcomes that we're not looking for. So let me ask first, kind of how did you get involved with the Teach for Uganda Fellowship? And what was kind of your background uh, coming into this? These challenges that uh, the children in these various rural communities go through are similar to the challenges I went through as a young boy. 
as a young boy i was forced into an internally displaced people's camp along with uh, many other ugandans due to the lra war that lasted decades in northern uganda and uh, while there we faced a number of challenges daily campfires hunger insecurity and then i wanted to be an engineer but you could see no way you could end up uh, achieving your dreams in such situation going to school wasn't on the table and the focus was basically on on staying alive uh, fortunately um i'm also lucky to be one of the few that uh, that left these camps for my parents could afford life in another town and while in my new community my teachers believed in me i was able to go to school and uh, i developed a mindset that i could be wherever i wanted to be so i went to school and uh, uh, at higher levels of education i was awarded a government scholarship for my bachelor's degree which after i came back to my original community many years later and my then childhood friends hadn't received a similar education they were trapped in the poverty like in the communities i work in today and were setting up a similar path for their children after marrying at very young ages and uh, seeing this difference with uh, the children that i had played with then i believed that if they had received a similar education then they would have reached their dreams as well so i set out to break that cycle and help all children in similar situation receive a quality education and these challenges that i see children face every day the same challenges i went through and seek out to break and teach for uganda offered me that opportunity and it's the reason i joined teach for uganda immediately after graduating from university where I taught and practiced teaching as leadership to help children in similar situations reach their full potential for for about for 2 years. So going to, you know, recognizing the the fortune of receiving an education, coming back to your hometown community and seeing that that not everyone is afforded that opportunity and then immediately turning around and working to make a change in that area is really incredible and i know that this is not the first thing you've been a part of to help these children for example i know that you were a uh, part of a group called literacy beyond boundaries as well so while teaching in this rural community as a fellow with teach for uganda like i said i was part of a number of initiatives that aimed at improving educational outcomes for these children and improving the community as a whole and uh, one of the biggest challenges i faced while in this community was that my learners struggled with reading and comprehension yet all all resources their examinations the way they were assessed was based on their ability to read to read and comprehend what they read and uh, these learners were also much older than the classes in which they were this also means that the available materials introduced them to reading were for children at a younger age and the content was not appropriate for them so i co-founded literacy beyond boundaries uh, along with other young teachers within the teach for uganda fellowship to to produce age and reading level appropriate materials that we could use to accelerate reading and comprehension abilities for these children uh, that wasn't the only initiative uh, also in 
2021 with the support of the Huracan Foundation and Books to Africa UK, uh, we were able to set up the community's first library with more than 3,000 books, all with the aim of helping improve their reading and and comprehension abilities. So recognizing that the amount of resources available to teach literacy and comprehension are not at the level that you would want, partnering with other teachers to source those resources and then ultimately getting over 3,000 um, books that are available for reading. Is is that right? Yes. That's that's really great. And I know that you are a part of a number of initiatives like that. I want to talk a little bit about Eduball. And I guess I, I should ask first, is it Eduball or Eduball? It is Eduball from Education and Football, Eduball. <laughs> what is the history of this? So how did you kind of come to the realization that you could pair these things together to really engage the kids that you're working with. Can you just tell me kind of how Eduball was founded? As a teacher then in the rural community, uh, I was very far away from all other resources. There was poor internet connection. I had no electricity. So uh, the days were always boring and I would turn to my, to my ball with the children in the evening. And every evening when I brought up my ball, uh, you would see children that had not attended the entire school day. You would see children that had attended half school day. You would see children that had missed school for for days coming to join and 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 play football. And they loved the game and would do whatever it takes to to play the game. So uh, what started out as a means of having fun and uh, helping occupy my evenings i realized could bring the children together so i used that as an opportunity to impact the various skills that they missed when they stayed away from school and uh, with time when i got support from the huracan foundation got mentorship on how to use football to improve educational outcomes on a large scale and seeing more and more children come to school school enrollment increase I then decided this is something that I could uh, continue doing and continue using to improve educational outcomes. Now, this was at one school where I was then a teacher, but uh, towards the end of my fellowship with Teach for Uganda, seeing the results this produced, I decided that I could uh, do this in many other similar schools, schools with similar challenges in order to reach at the same results and therefore I and Winnie, uh, a colleague, was also running a similar football project at her school, co-founded Eduball to work in many other schools, and we now today work in various schools helping to improve educational outcomes using football. What do you see as some of the skills that you're teaching? So you said that you're, um, you're teaching various skills that, that they weren't kind of maybe learning in the classroom because they were dropping out or just not attending class. What are some of the skills? What are some of the things they learn either through playing football or just on the field after, after uh, the game is over, et cetera? So ab ab about football, at first it was just the game, but uh, with the expertise I gained and the power that we saw, we started embedding a number of these skills in the various football drills and Football now just became a medium 
the skills that we focused on were based on uh, basically four dimensions. We looked at uh, the children's physical ability, which was mainly about their flexibility and fitness. And two, we looked at uh, their cognitive ability, which focused on their concentration, their thinking critically and making key decisions and many other mental abilities. And three, we also look at uh, the children's emotional development. And uh, the fourth dimension we pay attention to is their their social development. And uh, the skill impacted in, in these different dimensions include uh, collaboration, uh, accountability, punctuality, communication, which we all embed in various football drills as as the sessions go on. It's like a, it's like another classroom where the children are learning unconsciously. That's great. You're you're teaching social development, you're teaching physical development, intellectual development, the importance of of attending class and and some of these other areas. Let me ask you, you you know, you mentioned uh, when I was reading about your background that you found that football was not only uniting the the children and encouraging higher attendance rates, but it was also uniting the community and really bringing the community and the administration together, um, as well as the parents. Do you have an example of how the administration or the parents kind of got involved? It's not only children that uh, that love the game. The parents, the women, the people of different religions, uh, different levels all love the game and come around it respective of their differences. And other than organizing children's games, we have organized games for different societal groupings. For example, we have had games of uh, mothers playing against the the girls. Uh, we have had games of uh, the drunkards in the community playing against the youth. We have had games of border border riders playing against the farmers and this have brought so many people together including from neighboring villages people come from other villages to come and and watch the games and one specific one that helped bring together everyone was a game of the mothers versus the girls and because in a community where they believe that the girls should not play soccer and then we have the mothers them themselves leading in the playing against their daughters to help bring together these so many communities helped uh, start so many wider conversations on what they could do together as as a community and it is also the members of these communities that now come together to help us run the different activities and being part of every decision making every planning process of our activities and games has made them to to work together to see that their children receive the proper education to see that uh, to see that their children uh, reach their best all because it started around coming together to enjoy the game now they are able to work together i am curious uh with that game the the mothers versus the girls who won? <laughs> so uh, we have had it a number of times. The first game we had uh, when we were starting out, it was on Women's Day the previous year, and the girls won 3-0. The girls have always won except one where the the mothers won one goal to zero. <laughs> one to zero. They got one in there. That's good. <laughs>
So you said that you and your co-founder, you know, you, you started with one school and you were teaching at that school. And then you realized that when he was doing this at another school, you combined forces and now you have three. How many children are, are you currently helping? So uh, currently, uh, especially with uh, with the football league now, we now have more than 300 children participating in our different activities. And uh, the growth and the bigger numbers has been really overwhelming. And that's why we see so many parents and community members to to come in and help so many volunteers helping run the, the various activities. And this is across... Uh, this is across three schools where we are actively in. However, with the, with the football league, we now have up to four schools with the fourth school joining in only to participate in the league. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other success that you've seen. So my understanding is that you created a, this was, was this the first primary school football league that, that was created in this area? Yes, uh, this is the first primary school football league. Uh, the leagues have always been left out for children in secondary school. And uh, for primary schools, there have always been one-day games where the children come together one day and play, and it's done. However, we now have them playing on a, on a regular basis, and yeah, which we now have as our, the first primary league in these communities. And what have you seen when it comes to the dropout levels? I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but what success have you seen there? Have you seen those dropout levels uh, reduce? At the beginning, I mentioned how uh, 16 out of 33 of my children dropped out in my first three months in my school community. Now, uh, I spent two years in this community and in my final year where I, where I was actively running this this football project where I was actively running the literacy beyond boundaries and many other initiatives uh, only three children dropped out within the space of a year now uh, three children dropped out in the space of 12 months compared to 16 in uh, in three months and this is one of our great success stories that uh, that I keep telling among others that's so incredible to see that huge reduction in dropout rate and setting out exactly what you were hoping to achieve. And then now seeing that you've expanded, um, you're helping more children, you're bringing these communities together. Let me ask you, you know, what are, what's next for Eduball? What is, what are your ambitions for Eduball? At Eduball, uh, seeing what we are able to do, uh, a small group of young people using football and seeing the results that we could get, we hope to be able to reach more children in similar societies than school through the use of this game and set them on a path to achieving higher education. And uh, schools have always had sports activities going on uh, we are not the first to bring in these sports activities, but uh, the sports activities in these schools have always been focused on the development of the sport, the development of the expertise in the skills of the game, other than uh, development, uh, holistic development of the individuals. And that's that as Edible, we hope to be able to partner with a number of institutions and restructured the use of these sports in these schools site that uh, they are able to be used to 
holistically develop the children in all areas of their life and also um ed- running edible requires a uh, a great deal of resources and so we also hope to be able to raise enough resources to have a number of people working for edible uh full time to ensure that all children can achieve their full potential i want to talk about that as well if someone is listening and wants to help um how can someone get involved to to help edubal uh, um, so uh someone can get involved in uh, in a number of ways uh for example uh now um a number of volunteers help us run the day to day activities basically run uh, a full team of volunteers and one can get involved by bringing in their various skill to our team and volunteering with us either either remotely or physically all you have to do is uh, get in touch uh, currently we do not have a website we are working on one but one can easily get in touch and volunteer with us we also need uh support raising a number of resources it takes a uh, number of resources to run our daily activities and anyone listening to us can support us by uh, donating a football kit uh, one can donate football boots and one can also sponsor our football league the ongoing football league for it takes a number of resources to have the football league going on and another way one can help the league to continue running is by buying the edible kit a personalized edible kit with the number of your choice and name on it and for every kit that one buys we are able to transport a child to a competitive game and these these games where they get to practice their learned skills in a competitive environment so a lot of different ways that a listener can contribute i'll make sure to post those links in the show notes on ways that they can contact you Ken, I just want to say thank you for volunteering your time today to talk with us and for the work that that you and Winnie are doing to to help these children. I'm really excited to continue to follow Edubal and and see where it goes. So thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much Nick. It's been great getting to share about our work and thanks for the opportunity. Today's show was directed and produced by me, with music from Alex Grohl. Special thanks to our guests for their time and insight. If you liked today's episode, please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and consider leaving a review, as it will help us to spread the word about the show. You can view more information about today's episode online at actsofimpact.com. Thank you for listening.